Welcome to Real Weddings with Sarah. I'm Sarah Kennedy from Irish Wedding Blog, one of Ireland's leading sources for wedding inspiration, advice and support. Real Weddings with Sarah brings you an inside snoop of some of Ireland's best-loved personalities and celebrity weddings. Join me as I indulge on all of the wedding goss. I'm joined today by the gorgeous Lisa Cannon, who is one of Ireland's leading TV presenters. So she graced our screens with Expose for so many years and also is the face and the mind behind Box Office on Virgin Media. What some of you may not know is that Lisa was actually the editor of Irish Wedding Diary, so she really knows a thing or two about weddings. And she's just about to celebrate her five-year wedding anniversary with Richard Keatley, her gorgeous husband. But not alone that are they celebrating their five-year wedding anniversary. They're about to take the relationship to the next level. They're about to start working together on a brand new business venture called Posh1.com. And there'll be more information about that over the coming weeks. Lisa, it's so great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Sarah, what a great introduction. I was I was actually giggling at parts and I thought, no, I'm not going to ruin your lovely intro. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you saying the great presenter and all that. I was like, oh my God, this is a fantastic introduction. I should get you to do them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll do it all for you, Lisa. I'll, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I'll handle it all. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, listen, it's lovely to hear from you. And you know, it's, it's so nice when you're when you're kind of talking and do the lightning look back there on everything for me, I'm like, oh, God, the last few years have been quite busy. You I know, know it's a career and a half. <laughs> My God, it's enviable. I know, I know. It's only when you hear back then, you go, oh, yeah, I, I did all that. Like, I know. Things. And, you yeah. know, sometimes we don't give ourselves credit for everything that we achieve in these years. And it's only when somebody goes to summarise it back, you go, oh, wow, yeah, because you've been so busy just doing the work that oh, you don't come for yeah. air. Um, yeah, unfortunately, and television is very like that as well. You don't get a minute because it's so, you know, day day on day on day that you just you you can't even reminisce nearly. You know, it's I know. The next thing. Yeah. Ah, well, that's but, the way it is. But look, speaking of reminiscing, we're joined here today for a beautiful occasion. We're taking a walk down memory lane with your and Richard's wedding. And what a stunning wedding it was. It's just so beautiful. It's a work of art. Can you tell us a little bit about your wedding? Tell the listeners, what was it that you actually did? Oh, my goodness. You know what? That is the nicest thing anyone can say is when you kind of take a trip down memory lane and reminisce and that it was a work of art. That That's kind of me done. You know, I, I think we should just put the phones down there. Because <laughs> what did I do? It was, it was more of what did I not do. I did everything. I mean, I... I was detail fanatic, you know. I, I, I think I am that way anyway inclined. And I, I suppose from from the very get-go, I wanted to get married abroad. So that kind of had always been in the pipeline, you know. Um, I, I felt just in my bones I wanted to go away and catch some sun. I wanted to have an experience away with friends. And I think very much because a couple of my own girlfriends had married before me, I was bridesmaid like five times before I actually walked up an aisle. And I was a late bloomer. I was 37 when I got married. So, you know, um, I had been at loads of other friends' weddings from the age of 27 onwards. Yeah. So I, I think just a few that I had been in a way, you know, in Spain or France and, you know, when in Italy, I just thought, oh, no, they're gorgeous. That's, that would be me. If That's I memorable. Was to do it. The thing was, picking the venue was really hard because... 
you know, and, and it wasn't that I, like, not considered Ireland at all. I, I had, I had a good sniff around, but just ultimately I was drawn abroad. And I think you just have to go with your gut feeling. It's what's right for you, you know. Absolutely. And, and what, what suits you best. And I suppose as well, coupled with that, um, you know, my father is from Mayo and we have huge extended families. And I just was concerned about having, you know, 200, 300 mm-hmm. people at a wedding in Ireland. I, I, I'd been to weddings like that before and I felt kind of sorry in a way to the bride because they don't get a chance to go around to anyone. No. And, and I can tell you, even though there was only 105 people at my wedding, which included myself and Richard, I didn't get around to everyone either, you know, on the night. It, it's so tough. But what's yeah. great is expanding it over three days, you know, the night before, the day of, and the day after, it gave me great scope to get around and chat to everyone, have a, have a glass of wine, catch up and see everyone's faces for longer than just those few hours you get in, well, that's in a hotel. It. You're, you're just really, you're almost part of your wedding party where sometimes I think that, you know, when you have the big wedding at home, and I love that because I just love that you cannot beat an Irish wedding as well, just for the, the pure crack. But when you're away with all of your best family and friends for three days in a foreign country, it is the best holiday you will oh, ever have. It's not just it a wedding. Was. No, it was amazing. I mean, everybody puts their best foot forward. You know, it's not people scooping down from the hair salon, you know, up in Dublin, driving down to wherever it might be. And, and then they've got to leave then straight after breakfast on the Sunday. You know, yeah. this gives people huge scope. And especially, again, you know, planning a wedding abroad, you need to give people ample time because obviously they want to build a holiday around it. If you're where we where we got married, which was Florence, you know, people then scooted off up to Rome and Milan and people went up to Lake Como and made like a two-weeker out of it, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then, of course, there was friends and obviously family, colleagues as well who could only just flip flip in for the three days and they had to go again. So, yeah, know, so there was a nice balance. A mixture. Yeah, yeah, but most people actually made a, a lovely break of it and it was just so lovely because people were chilled out, they were relaxed, they were on their holidays, they were you know, full of good spirits and full of good joy. You know, there was no yeah. pressure that they to run back to a babysitter by, you know, one o'clock the following afternoon. So it was it was lovely in that way that everyone was on, you know, kind of tip top form, which made us even happier, you know. Yeah, you, and, you thrive uh, on that energy then from your yeah, guests it was as well. Energy. Yeah, it was a holiday energy, holiday yeah. atmosphere. And then of course you're in a different place, you know, so immediately it's just a new smell, new experience, you know. I mean Florence is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Of course. You know, steeped in art and architecture and culture and beauty and um, I mean, you know, you had it all. You're talking a world wealth here. I know, but <laughs> so when you when you get to see people that were that attended your wedding, when um, you know, if you ever catch up around anniversary time, what is it that they say to you that's the most memorable from their perspective as guests? Well, they just everybody just loved the whole day itself because. It was balmy, you know, people, as I said, had it relaxed. We did a huge event the night before in um, JK Florence, which is a really beautiful boutique hotel just on the piazza. So you have the, the, the Duomo in the background and you have like the church where Michelangelo is buried across the piazza square. Wow. And everybody's sitting out, you know, all their shoulders exposed, balmy air, drinking Prosecco with gorgeous canapes, you know. Oh, wow. I'm just goat. I'm just picturing all the brides <laughs> listening now, just cancelling their Irish weddings and trying to get, get on the next flight. <laughs> we'll be in Listen, trouble. 
<laughs> I know, I know there's so much going on as well with what, what's going on in the world. But I mean, I, I, I kind of feel quite lucky, you know, that we did do it when we did it because yeah. it, it would be terrible now to have booked everything and then have to cancel, which four of my friends sadly had to do this year, um, weddings abroad and also weddings at home. So yeah. I feel very blessed. But it had that lovely kind of... Um, very old world atmosphere. I mean, I had a real mix at my wedding. I had, my mother had passed away 12 years ago. So that, you know, my my mother's friends had attended. My dad's loads of the Mayo crowd had come over. You know, my dad's close yeah. college friends. Uh, all my best friends in the universe, you know. Then I had cousins, I had aunties, I had, um, yeah. And you know, everybody and anyone was there at it. It was a real mix. But it, And Richard's obviously family and his friends. So, it, it was a real Welsh, Irish, Scottish um, joining of God, minds, a mix of everything. Yeah, I love we it. From all over. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and you just mentioned there, and it's you know, it's such a sad piece, you know, for your mum to have missed out on the day. And oh, I, I know. you know, I get a lot of brides that get in touch with me asking how can they how can they mark this occasion. And I saw you did a beautiful tribute. You let up white balloons, a hundred white yeah. balloons. I thought that was just such a, a moving piece when I was watching your video back. Oh, yeah. Well, there wasn't a dry eye in the house because, you know, my mother was, you know, my world, everything to me and my father, of course, is as as well. And it was very difficult for us to decide on on how we would, you know, mark it and and pay tribute to such a beautiful soul and and a beloved mother, you know, Mm -hmm. and to be an only child, you know, with your father walking you up the aisle. I mean, it is so highly emotional. And not to have your mother there was, was even tougher, you know, because I know she would have loved the day. She would have loved all the experience. My mother spoke fluent French and fluent German. Um, she, not Italian, but, you know, she was really well-traveled and, and really relished in something like, you know, putting together an occasion such as that. So um, because the castle that we got married in is the Castello uh, de Valenciata, it's a beautiful, beautiful open-air castle. Um, so when you're sitting down dining al fresco, you know, there's just loads and loads of candles all around you. And I'm, I'm a real candles person. Love them. I like candles every night here in the house. I just feel a little bit closer to whoever, or I just find they keep you company. I actually think candles are quite nice. Yeah, they add warmth to the house for sure. And you know, you're kind of not on your own, you know. Um, and, and because the castle was going to be, you know, that really beautiful, you know, crisp white linen, you know, the champagne glasses, I, I've done so much work in, in detailing and making sure it was beautiful. Everything was going to be open up air. So before we went into dinner, when we had the um, kind of the aperitivos, they say, outside and the band were there and we'd rocked up in this gorgeous vintage Mercedes, the big white ribbons and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just, I had actually a video that I had cut together myself in television, um, all pictures of my mother from, from when we were, when I was oh, wow. small, right up with my father in college when they got married. So it was really moving and we played the video and then we we gave every single person in the wedding party a white balloon and they were to release it, not not necessarily just for her. I mean, that was obviously the symbol was for her, but it was for anyone they had lost. Oh, that's beautiful. That they wanted to say their salute to on such an important day. So everybody let their white balloon go up and everybody was crying. Cause everybody I was about to say, there couldn't possibly be a dry eye in the house with that. 
it's who whoever you love and whoever you miss or whoever you want to say a prayer to or send good energy to. So there was, you know, everybody was was quite upset because I, it was upset being like, but I wanted to do, but it was just such a poignant moment because it was like, how do you celebrate someone's life? And, mm-hmm. and I would have wanted her there more than anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, she was so precious to me that it was it was something I had to do. We did we did other nice small things like um, I had a little area in the church just with her picture and maybe one or two of her things, you know, just so that she was she could see what was going on in the church. You yeah, know, she was part of there it. Was, there was an, there was a seat for her, yeah, in the church. Um, but I mean that 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 was it, and it was really beautiful. Like obviously, my dad spoke about her. I spoke about her in the speeches. So she was very much a part of the day. Yeah. Very and that's beautiful. And that was important to me, you know, because you only got one mom. Well, that's you it. And a wedding of, in particular, I think when we all visualise the big day when we're younger, like never in a million years would you not have, you know, your mum or your dad. You know, you don't you don't envisage them not being there for such a poignant day in your life. And um, and I can imagine how stressful that would be as well, because emotions are running high with that. And, you know, it's it's. It's it's almost bittersweet. It's such a happy day, but also, you know, you really wish it could be, you know, a bit different. But you handled it in such a way that, you know, the very best way that no doubt she would have been delighted to have such a central oh. role in it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't I'm not going to lie to you here and say it was easy in the run up to the wedding at times, you know, like picking my wedding dress. I, I yeah. did all of that on my own. Because I I ended up getting my wedding dress down in Kadi Boutique in Athlone. And, you know, as I said, a lot of my friends have children, they have responsibilities, they have big careers. You know, not everybody can be zipping down the country, you know, on weekends to help you go wedding dress shopping. And then sometimes my windows of timing were quite tight as well yeah. because I was on expose. So I nearly had to nab when I could, when I could. Um, so... So essentially, um, I worked with Suzanne Neville, who's a, an amazing UK designer, wedding Unbelievable. dress designer. She's yeah. absolutely, I've worn so many of her pieces on red carpets, but, you know, when it came to the wedding dress, there was simply no one else, you know, that I wanted to, to, to have the wedding dress made by. So we worked with um, all the gang in Kadi Boutique in Athlone, because they stock Suzanne Neville. Of course, um, yeah down there and, and, and we kind of went between the UK then I made one or two small alterations so that was a little bit that was a little bit bittersweet because it's kind of you know when you're standing there and you're on your own thinking I'm getting married in this dress yeah, you what would she think there. how would she feel how would she think what would she say would I know she would like, she cry would she, would, like yeah. would she like the additional sparkly little you know detail I put on the sleeves or would she not or would she prefer the different belts with the dress? you know you, I you know. do all those little things in terms of the stress in the lead up, which 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 you've spoken about, you know there was so much going on. You've such a busy schedule. Mm. What do you feel were the biggest stressors? Oh goodness, goodness, so many. <laughs> um, so on the other side of booking a wedding abroad, it is more stressful because obviously you know I didn't speak the language. You're dealing with. Um, you know, I suppose a myriad of different issues from bands to, you know, videos to cards to, uh, my goodness, even priests, you know. And Um, fair play, you shipped over a lot of great Irish wedding suppliers over to your day. I did. I, I because obviously, as you mentioned there in the intro, I I had um, been the editor of the Irish Wedding Diary for many years, ne- nearly eleven years, I think, all in. Um, so I was very clued into some really top-notch, um, talented Irish suppliers that I loved and adored. I, some of them I'd never worked with at all. 
um, and others I'd written about, others I'd just simply met. And um, like everybody, I went to a couple of wedding fairs. I was also asked to host at a couple of wedding fairs. I was also asked to, you know, host at, um, you know, kind of the Ideal Homes exhibition and there would be, you know, kind of wedding showcases there as well. So I just did the rounds. I got to know people. I got some great word of mouth recommendations. And as I kind of delved deeper into the whole Italian process, I did have an Italian wedding planner, but um, I did actually end up using an Irish one uh, right up to the very end, uh, just because there was seemed to be so different, much different confusion with me using Irish suppliers that the Italians were were getting themselves a little bit worked up. So of course. we had to we had to kind of um, we, had to, we had to fend off a few battles anyway from the Italians, but we made it in the end and. At the end of the day, you have to do what you want to do, and and I did felt, uh, I did feel, excuse me, that I had been overpriced with flowers. I thought I had been overpriced with other things, so I just went, well, do you know what? going to use my own. Absolutely. And you see, so many are scared to take that step because it's the unknown. So at least it was great that you had a good army around you and you were armed with all of the information that you could make those decisions in, in, you know, quite a swift way. And also you picked, and uh, you know, I've looked through your list of of wedding suppliers. They're unbelievable. And um, particularly wedding flowers by Josephine. She's she's unreal. You know, so you couldn't you couldn't have exported a better one. But there there was a rumor I heard, Lisa, and, and you might clear this one up. Yeah. I heard that Harlequin band got awful rowdy that the police had to be called. <laughs> they did. <laughs> we were nearly arrested. We, we, we all were nearly arrested on the night. I, I, I had been told and my husband had been told, the band had been told, the decibels were far too loud for the castle. And it was emulating all across Florence. Oh, because it's right on the hill overlooking. And, you know, I don't do things by halves, as you, you can maybe gather if I look at my wedding. Um, it was it was all in or not in at all. And Harlequin, you know, obviously we looked at other bands that we thought might be interesting for us. But then when we saw Harlequin and Harlequin wanted to do it, and we could get them, you know, we could get them for the few days to come over. We had kind of pulled together so many really cool Irish suppliers that they were like, let's just make this an absolute party. So they brought over a rig, lighting rig. Oh, wow. Like the castle could take it because, you know, obviously they do huge events at the castle, not only weddings, but they do, you know, massive fashion shows for Dolce and & Gabbana. And they do, you know, so they, they can do what they want at the castle. But... Yeah, Shane really went for it. He didn't hold back and he was like, I have this and I have that. And because obviously I work in TV and I'm a bit of a tech nerd, I knew all the lighting he was bringing and the rigging and I thought, oh my God, it's like a full on This is that concert. Amazing. Yeah, full on concert. So it was absolutely tremendous. Like we rocked it till like three in the morning. Uh, but yeah, no, no. Unfortunately, we did get a slap on the wrist. But sure, listen. Sure, look, it wouldn't be a wedding without one. You know, if you're not getting into trouble, is it even a party? Really? You know, <laughs> it um, certainly wasn't going to deter us from turning down the decibels because when I was like, oh God, Shane, he was like, turn it right off. So, yeah, commit oh, to it. You know, yeah, he, he was naughty. But anyway, look, it didn't matter because we were just having the best you time of our lives. And, uh, anyway, hopefully the, the, the locals were enjoying the music. And, well, hopefully they've gotten over it. <laughs> now it's that time of the podcast for Cool Finds. Cool Finds. Another cool find. Yes, go on. Okay, so so excited. You love a bit of music. I love my music. Yeah, you're. I, I'm in the room right now. Yeah. Well, I have a cool find for you. Okay, music, cool find, nice one. So there is a little ensemble, yeah, if you will, 
called D-strings. D-strings, yeah. Now, they do, of course, they do all of the normal wedding arrangements for your church and for everything like that in your arrival reception. They're very good. They're instrumental. Instrumental, yeah, yeah they, do. Okay. They, they do. They have all the string quartets and all the rest, but they have a proposition if we're right. going to get very businessy on the whole thing. Mm. And it's called D-strings electric. But listen, they don't just go and start, you know, playing the stuff with an electric violin, right? They have this whole thing that they've wrapped up into this experience. And so I'm going to try and explain it the best way I can. So bear with me. Okay. So when you go to a wedding, you'll have your arrival reception. You might be having a few drinks and then you go into the function room to sit down and have your dinner. So what D-Strings Electric do is they start off slow with the electric violin and the accompaniment with that. And they'll start playing some songs that just get people, you know, just lightly in the background. But over the course of the meal and the closer you get to the dinner, what they do is they build it up and build up the tempo. So it starts to, you know, get people energized. Oh. But they don't they don't just do the general wedding kind of, you know, classics. You've got Rihanna, you've got Coldplay, you've got whatever's charting at the moment. They'll bring all of these modern hits with this classic electric sound. Wow. So people, it's nice and subtle as well in the background, but you're still feeling the emotion of it as you go. So by the time the band is ready to go, your whole party are revving up. It's kind of like the oil in the engine. So it sounds like it's kind of subtly done. Yeah. and But it, it's kind of subconsciously bringing everyone to a yeah. good point. I like that. Will we listen to a little piece? Oh, yes, please. Let's do it. That is just so beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah. Do you feel excited? I do. I mean, I can. they definitely are, are, are something that's not too in your face, but also like it's just a nice mood. Isn't it? It's just a really nice. It's. Do you know what it is? I always get asked, oh, what can I do that's really different? And do you know, this is just so simple. Exactly. So like it's, it's a gift that keeps giving. It's in the background, but yet it's so much. Also, it's wrapping it all together. It as is. Well. It's amazing, oh. isn't it? God, you are good at these cool finds. I do like a cool find. And I suppose like it sounded like you had the perfect wedding day and you wouldn't have many regrets. But is there anything, is there one or two things that you would do differently if you could go back? Um, I think just kind of small things that went wrong on the day, just as small things do. Um, we had quite a raucous night the night before, you know, in the JK um Florence and my husband was led astray oh. with my best friend's husband's drinking limoncello and oh I know that they God. ended up limoncello uh, what a way to fall oh, I don't know how <laughs> he got up the next day but I know that Josephine from uh, you know flowers by Josephine had come up to him in the next morning with a huge bouquet that she was going to deliver to me and uh, he wasn't in a pretty state um, but that that was fine Richard's very good in the hangover but it was more the fact and he was so excited do you know what I mean of course because I was shipped off to bed at 12 o'clock you know I was desperately upset that I was leaving my own party to go back and you know sleep I was, know like, the last thing I wanted to sleeping do. beauty I was, like, full of beans um, but when I left the party I obviously was 
you know, in my hotel, which was the Il, Salvi- Il Salviatino, he had stayed in the Belmont Villa San Michele, and of course, a couple of his pals went back. That was not meant to be the plan, um, so hence it was kind of a late one for them. But when he got up the next day, there there wasn't the best of heads on one of the groomsmen, so he was meant to be driving. You know, the little uh, Fiat 500, the yeah. original ones. No sat nav, no Italian mm. forgot his phone. <laughs> yeah. So, so none, looking back, we'd left. sack the best man. And he's a great Thank God he was the best man. But anyway, he was meant to pick up the bridesmaids, uh, which were with me. And uh, so I was dutifully told that um, we had a groomsman completely missing. Like, we didn't know where he was. <laughs> he's up in the Tuscan Hills. So I did that Carrie Bradshaw moment, you know, when she's standing in City Hall in the very first one. Yeah. And she's her veil down. I was all ready to go. My friends were like, you look amazing. We're getting ready, you know. My dad has arrived, everything. And then I flipped my veil up. When, when, when one of the receptionists came in and she goes, um, we're just, we're just waiting on the groomsman. And I was like, where is he? I had a, I had a moment. And uh, anyway, he was a little bit late. So unfortunately, I actually would have been on time for my wedding. But uh, no, in fact, the groomsman had delayed the wedding by Murphy's an hour. Murphy's Law. An yeah. hour. Oh, my God. Oh, so my God. My thought it was I me couldn't when I cope. Up and I was like, wasn't well, me. I was ready to rock and roll. I timed it as much as it was like TV. Do you know what I mean? I was like ready to go. I, yeah. I didn't want to be late because, well, A, I was just so excited to get up there and enjoy the day. But second of all, I just, I knew it was quite warm as well. You know, I, know. I didn't want everybody standing there. We'd fans and all that for people. Lovely, but but lovely two hours in any church in the heat is, look, it is. Yeah. There's no denying yeah. it. But look, all's well yeah. that ends well. Yeah, and, it's funny now. It wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. Oh, yesterday. I wouldn't. My blood <laughs> would be boiling. Yeah, um, he's, but he's hilarious. He's such a funny person that you know you just couldn't. He's like, you couldn't be angry so with him. Oh, you couldn't be angry. I, I, I think I just was angry for about thirty seconds, and then I was like, oh look, it's fine. And should we get the best day ever? Like you know, well, that's once it. that was kind of done and dusted, then we everyone made their way up to the castle, and then that was it. You know, and, and the wedding ceremony was beautiful, and the priest was really, really funny, and yeah, it was just amazing. And I danced up the aisle. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah, you can see by your pictures and your video, yeah. yeah. All you need is love is what I, I had. We had um, playing on the violins. We had a lovely kind of cellist and a violin. So all you need is love by the Beatles. So my dad walked me up the aisle, of course. Gorgeous. So yeah. And I suppose, I suppose, marri- you know, a wedding is, I suppose it's one day in the very, you know, broader scheme of a long, happy, healthy marriage. And you're coming up to your five-year anniversary Married life, look, it's, as I said, and I'll always say it, it's one of the hardest jobs. <laughs> so for yourself and Richard, and I, and I I was only explaining this one to Ruth earlier, um, I met both yourself and Richard at the Weddings Online Awards um, yeah. maybe about three, two, three years ago. And you were presenting and Richard was through my eye line. We were sitting beside each other at the table and I remember just watching Richard. I just caught his eye and he, the, I always remember saying to my friend who I had with me, I said, look at the way he looks at Lisa. It was the most, uh-huh. you know, just gorgeous, doting love you know, you could just really feel the love in the room. He absolutely adores you and he's so proud of you. And, you know, all of that takes time and it's, you know, relationships are, you have to be so open and, you know, and and the wedding, you know, that's the first part of it, working as a team together. But over the five years now that you're approaching, what do you believe are the biggest hurdle in married life? Oh my God, that's a philosophical question. I need a glass of wine for that one. Um... (laughs) 
I don't know what the hardest things uh, is the question of what are the hardest things about being married or the hardest things I've learned about being married I'd say what you've learned learned Ooh, I'd say it's the classic one I think it's just communication yeah I think that's kind of the one because you know obviously a wedding is incredible and everyone being there and everyone has little love heart beans shooting out of their eyeballs because they love you and love him and they're so happy that you're together you know and then you go on your wonderful honeymoon and then you come back and you know life kicks off you know normal stuff and I think over the last five years you know when 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 you're coupled with say an illness of a parent or you know different things happen in your careers that you're not happy about or there's things you want to change or there's you know maybe issues that have arisen that that you hadn't discussed before and you you both have different viewpoints on things they're the challenges they're the ones that you have to really do a deeper dive and and start learning how to communicate better Mm -hmm. because you know, we can all get swept up in, you know, oh, isn't this great, that great, and what, what colour flowers are we picking for the wedding? I mean, genuinely, none of that really matters, and it's all wonderful, and I love weddings. I mean, I'm one of the biggest wedding fans going, but I think marriage in itself is, is a commitment, and it's it's a real level of solidarity uh, between two people through thick and thin, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, my father's been ill, Richard's father's been ill, you know, it's been testing for both of us, so, you know, because... You know, he lives in Wales, which is father, and, you know, you want to be there with them, but you can't because you live here and you work commitments here. So, you know, there's always those those things you're trying to strategize and communicate and, and, and be there for each other, you know, which is which is sad. When someone's not feeling good, it's, it's hard to pick them up, and they do that the same to you when you're not feeling good. So, you know, there's a lovely element of, of togetherness, but at the same time, you have to communicate through through all of it, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key thing. I think communication and particularly just accept that not everything is going to be a smooth sail. And I think that's it. Lisa, thank you so, so much for your time. It was so lovely to take the trip down memory lane with you. It almost feels like we were there. It was absolutely beautiful. And of course, best of luck to both yourself and Richard in your new business venture. Um, Oh yeah, doing the totally wrong thing, aren't we? We're going into business together. Well, look, (laughs) do you know what? It'll absolutely, if if you can work together, you can do anything. Anything. <laughs> oh, let's see how it goes. And we're very, very excited about it. It's our, it's our new company, and we're kicking off in the UK. And it's 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 something that Richard had dreamed of doing for a very long time. And I think we just need to find the right window to do it. And uh, no better time like the present. So yeah, yeah, Great. It's our five-year wedding anniversary present to ourselves. Thank you so so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Real Weddings with Sarah. Thanks to producer Ruth Devani voiceover extraordinaire Phil Cawley and Pink Champagne Wedding Band for our Cool Finds jingle. Join me next week where we will be chatting to another top guest to get the scoop about their wedding day and married life. Until then, you can find me at Irish Wedding Blog on social media channels.